the seventh day of Christmas, my sport blog sent to me. All right, nice. So today, seven swans are swimming. We're looking at the swimming records of the Sydney Swans. <laughs> Too obvious. No? No. Ah. Not today. Oh, bugger. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I can't think of any link. There's there's no link for this one, really, is it? It's just one of the days and we're wedging stuff in. We could have looked maybe at the seven best tattoos on... Uh, Dane Swan. Dane Swan. <laughs> I was going to say Graham Swan. I don't think he's got a single tattoo. No, I don't know if he has any. Yeah, yeah. yeah we might struggle to find seven on Graham, but yeah. we definitely find seven on Dane. On, on each arm or leg, there's probably about 100. Yeah. Anyways, we've waded through some more recent controversy to record a bit today that we plan on using in a previous episode, but it just got a bit too long, so we thought we'd save it. And just as well, too, because there's actually been a recent update, but we'll get to that. We debuted a new segment this year. Let's cue the intro. In the court of public opinion, the people are represented by two separate yet equally important groups. The athletes, administrators, and media personalities who make questionable decisions and the armchair critics, who most likely will have little discernible athletic talent, but will pass judgment anyways. These are their stories. So as I mentioned, this was a new segment this year, first appearing in episode 162, and this is a bit of thought and refinement again in episodes 163, 164, and 171. If you do want to go back, check out those timestamps. So here we are, possibly the only court in the world taking cases on New Year's Eve, the court of public opinion. I reckon if you threw enough money to judge, they'd see a case that... That time of the year. Yeah, maybe, yeah. We're doing it for no, free. No, that's a bit corrupt, but... Yeah, we're doing but, it for free, though. Yeah, we are, yeah. and we're not corrupt. So, Futurism reported that Sports Illustrated has been using AI, Alan Iverson, oh, no, 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 artificial intelligence, to completely generate articles. Not only that, but they had created fake profiles of the people that had written them. Have you heard much about this? Uh, not a whole heap, to be honest. This is very much your domain. I know... Yes. You have, we talked about the Dame Lillard, yeah. Yeah, like you've got the, the law and journalism background, I guess, at, at your university days. Yep, no, I do find this stuff interesting. But it is a scarily interesting yeah. sort of thing, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it will be interesting to see if you've changed your views after we talked about the Damien Lillard one as well. But we've got two cases on the docket here. Originally, we only had this Sports Illustrated one, but we've moved one from the naughty and nice pile to, to this as well, just to balance out the episodes a bit. But anyway... We're sticking with this Sports Illustrated one. So they had this writer, inverted commas, called Drew Ortiz. And a lot of people were saying, oh, he really looks like an Ortiz, like blonde hair, blue eyes, all that sort of thing. But anyway, so his biography said, even the AI description is kind of fucking weird. I'll try and get this right. Drew has spent much of his life outdoors and is excited to guide you through his never-ending list of the best products to keep you from falling to the perils of nature. It's definitely AI, isn't it? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Nowadays, there is rarely a weekend that goes by where Drew isn't out camping, hiking, or just back on his parents' farm. The only problem, outside of Sports Illustrated, Drew Ortiz doesn't seem to exist. So this is a quote from Futurism. He has no social media presence and no publishing history. And even more strangely, his profile photo on Sports Illustrated is for sale on a website that sells AI-generated headshots, where he's described as neutral white young adult male with short brown hair and blue eyes. It goes on. One Ortiz article, for instance, warns that volleyball can be a little tricky, and I quote, can be a little tricky to get into, especially without an actual ball to practice. <laughs> Imagine looking through a Sports Illustrated. But reminds me of the Simpsons episode where Lisa pops the ball and there'll be no volleyball team this year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I mean, look, it is tricky to get into when you don't have an actual ball. It is. It's true, but I don't know if Sports <laughs> Illustrated, if that's the sort of content that they want to be writing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So after Futurism reached out with questions to the magazine's publisher, the Arena Group, which is their ownership, all the AI-generated authors disappeared from Sports Illustrated's site without explanation. Oh, dear. Yeah. So initially, Sports Illustrated blamed a third-party company, Advon Commerce. Futurism again, I quote, making the whole thing even more dubious, these AI-generated personas are periodically scrubbed from existence in favour of new ones. It wasn't just author profiles that the magazine repeatedly replaced. Each time an author was switched out, the post they supposedly penned would be reattributed to a new person, with no editor's note explaining the change in byline. How did they think they would possibly get away with this? And I would deny originally. That's horrible. Isn't it's it? bizarre. So for the prosecution, court of public opinion, a couple of tweets here. At Patrick J. Kiger, this is painful to see. There was a time when SI published some of the finest magazine writers in the journalism business. At Sam Sorkin 23, what a fall from grace. Such disrespect to every real honest writer that has ever worked there or is there now. At Hilary Wren, very sus that these companies don't feel a need to let their consumers know. And then I've forgotten to attribute this one, sorry, to the author of this one. Frank Deford, Jim Murray and Dan Jenkins just rolled over in their graves or their ashes briefly glowed hot. Gary Smith and Rick Riley just poured themselves doubles. Would you believe once upon a time sports became even more memorable because of something you read days later? There's truth to that, isn't there? Yeah. Some great sports journalism is really inspiring. So this is what the SI Union said. I quote, We the workers of SI Union are horrified by a story on the site Futurism, reporting that Sports Illustrated parent company, the Arena Group, has published AI-generated content under SI's brand with fabricated bylines and writer profiles. If true, these practices violate everything we believe in about journalism. We deplore being associated with something so disrespectful to our readers. We demand answers and transparency from Arena Group management about what exactly has been published under the SI name. We demand the company commit to adhering to basic journalistic standards, including not publishing computer-written stories by fake people. Not unreasonable. We want to be very clear. What is described in this futurism story does not represent the hardworking journalists who make up the SI union. For nearly 70 years, SI staff members have held themselves to the highest possible ethical standards. As members of the SI union, we are proud to be a part of that legacy and work every day to protect it. We expect management to do the same. So we do have an update here. Although I do like one, I've only got one thing in the defense. Panther Pundit wrote, probably stood put because it was the most readable content they've produced in years. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> but there has been an update. So the Arena Group's terminated CEO, Ross Levinson, as a result of this, they met to improve the company's operational efficiency and revenue, I quote. So they're guilty of sin here. I don't think there's any... Uh, wow. This one's pretty open and shut, isn't it? It's so bizarre that they thought they could get away with it. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, the only thing I can think of to try and, and again, not even justify it, but sort of maybe explain why they're doing it, is you would have to imagine that obviously creating these fake personas and creating these AI-generated things would be free, if not incredibly cheap. Certainly a lot cheaper than... Oh, yeah, than hiring real people to do real work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you'd also hope that a real person could come up with something better than saying volleyball is hard, especially without a real volleyball. Like that ridiculous. Yeah, wow. It's yeah. um Jesus. I, this is the first I've heard of it. So I fortunately 
I don't really have a very formulated response other than just And it is saying, a bit cliff notesy. There is more information out there, but yeah, obviously we're we're not trying to go too hard on every episode here. We're just yeah. little taste. I mean, look, going back to the Damien Lillard thing, I still kind of stand by what I said that I don't think Dame would have been too pissed off with what was said. It's probably more the more how it was done. Because obviously he is in Milwaukee to win. If someone predicted your thoughts and misquoted you, though, assuming... If they misquoted me, yes, absolutely. But And if they misquoted Damien Lillard, I think he would have been... Like, if well, they did, because that was well, to no, a point. No, yeah, no, but like, yeah. as in if, they, if they'd if presented something that that he wouldn't actually yeah. be thinking. That, that's where I thought that was a little bit of a grey line, was because it was a grey area. It was just more... It's not like he, he sort of said, oh, I'm leaving Portland because Portland is full of gross people. It's It's like... I've come to Milwaukee because I want to win, which it's a horrible, it's a horrible gray area. But like if somebody was to, yeah, to predict something to happen in my future and they got it right, like they said, Oh, my name's Stuart. And I pooped myself um, or whatever it happens to be. As long as it's factually correct, I'd be, I'd be annoyed, but I wouldn't, I don't know. I, I don't think I'd be I'd... pissed if you attributed, like, even even if it was Nathan said that he was so delighted that the Spurs drafted Wemby, and now he, I would still be pissed because I didn't say it to you. You know what I mean? Fair enough. And this is the next case on the docket, Shui. So, Carissa Thompson's been doing the rounds recently for making up quotes from sideline reports on Thursday night football. So, a bit of more info here on Basketball Sports, pardon my take podcast. I quote. I've said this before, so I haven't been fired for saying it, but I'll say it again. I would make up the report sometimes because A, the coach wouldn't come out at halftime or it was too late and I didn't want to screw up the report. So I was like, I'm just going to make this up. Now, originally this was going to be our naughty list for the Christmas presents, so I don't have the court of public opinion on this one. I've really done a number on this segment. It's all right. But yeah, this one's really interesting too. So And she had said it before, and I guess there wasn't backlash back then, but there was backlash this time. So in response, she released a statement on Instagram that included, and I quote, I have never lied about anything or been unethical during my time as a sports broadcaster. On the flip side of that, CBS Sports lead sideline reporter Tracy Wolfson said the practice was by no means an industry standard. This is absolutely not okay, I quote, not the norm and upsetting on so many levels. What I find weird, though, is how could she say I've never lied about anything in one breath, having previously said I made up? Like, that's exactly what that Mm. is. And that's why on the naughty and nice list, I was going to say her presence should be a dictionary so she can look up the word lie and unethical. Unless unless she's gone to every single one of those people that she's quoted and said, hey, I said this. Is that correct? And they've gone, yes, it is. And then she can say, oh, I didn't lie about it. And there you go. Yeah, that's... See, that's slightly different as well because that's she's not AIing anything. No. She's just This is more like the Damien Lillard one th- that we this mentioned. Is, this yeah. is probably a more perilous version of this. I don't know. It's ugh, it's it's really bad. I mean, for like why would you come out and say it? Like, what's the benefit of that? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? There's no benefit. And yeah. I want to go back to a bit that she said in there. Like, if a coach hasn't come out and spoken to her at halftime or it was too late and she didn't get the information she needed. Why not just go back up and go, hey, guys, I wasn't able to get this information. The coaches didn't come out and see me. You're going to have to fill it or give me something to present because I've got nothing. Well, what I think they could do, and yeah, I'm glad you brought this up because this is what I wanted to talk about too, is what well, what do you do in the alternative? They're not just talking to these coaches and players at halftime. They talk to them before the game. They, talk, they visit press conferences, all sorts of stuff, right? 
So I don't see why a sideline reporter can't say, unfortunately, I was unable to talk to coach Andy Reid. However, he did say in his press conference the other day that they were going to focus on this. So yeah. there are ways around it. I'm not presenting this as fact. Here's my opinion on the, yeah, on the yeah. first half. I noticed that this particular team was really focused on this particular play on third downs or whatever it happens. Yeah, to and be. you can say, oh, they talked about the pass rush pre-game and we've already seen that in the first half. There are ways around this. And if you're a journalist worth anything... And clearly you have to have some level of knowledge about the game you're reporting on. And, she, and yeah, she, it can be done. And, and let's make it clear. She has a very, very good knowledge of the game. She's not just a face that they've put in. No, no. Her. She did it for a while. Yeah. She, she, yeah. she knows her shit. So yeah. there actually probably isn't an excuse for doing that. Yeah. And, no, you're right. I don't know why. One, she would admit it. And two, why you wouldn't just pivot. Yeah. Just go, okay. Yeah. yeah here's Yeah. Here's my thoughts on what I've seen from the game so far. Obviously, I'm not getting it from the same vantage point as the boys up in the booth. But from a ground level, this is what I'm seeing and this is what I'm hearing. If your job is a conduit to report based on the team, be it coaches, whatever, you can still do that based on information you've gathered yeah. prior to the match, all sorts of information. So, yeah, this is a really interesting one. I, I do think she's guilty. Mm. And I'm glad to hear that other people don't do it. Now, if this is something you had to do every second game, maybe the whole thing needs to be called into question. It's like, well, I mean, we've talked about the pop interviews. Like, they don't actually they're, offer they're, fuck they're all pretty, to the broadcast. They're pretty redundant. Yeah, they really are. They really are. So if this is something you have to do regularly, maybe you, you rethink the yeah. whole thing. And look, don't get me wrong. It is kind of interesting to hear what a coach's mindset is halfway through a game. I've been watching this game and I've seen X, Y, and Z. Does that correlate with what you know, Greg Popovich or whoever the coach happens to be? I mean, a lot of the times it's really obvious, you know. The, well, that's the, right. The, the famous turnovers. One yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. like, well, yeah, okay, they might have had like nine turnovers in the quarter. Yep. It's pretty obvious what it's going to be. Yeah, what the issue is, yeah. But yeah, sometimes it is a little bit more subtle th than what it, you know, what it sort of maybe seems like watching it. And it's, um, I've heard a very, very good quote the other day where somebody said, there's a lot of people out there that think that they know the game because they watch the game. Whereas there's a big difference between watching the game and really, oh, really knowing. You're right. You're right. hundred percent. And as far as NFL is concerned, I'm definitely much more of a casual fan than basketball, for example. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Even, even then, I mean, we've been watching basketball for 30 odd years and there's still times where, Oh like, yeah. Where yeah. Where yeah. I feel like, you know, the, the level of knowledge that some people have an understanding of the games and schemes and all that sort of stuff, even just like talking to a Peter Hawley or a Liam Santa Maria, those sorts of guys who, well, they played, they've been through coaching. Exactly. And, yeah. Like it's really interesting just seeing how much deeper it goes than what we, we sort of get from watching and consuming and all of that. So yeah, someone like Thompson who has been around the game that long, she could absolutely provide that level of insight as this is my opinion or this is my take on the game so far. And production meetings, they can work out, okay, if this happens, what do we do? If this yeah. happens, what do we do? I, I mean, yeah, look, two cases of really interesting misleading in the sports world and in AI and in the journalism world. Hopefully the Sports Illustrated scandal has maybe put a stop to some of this and maybe it's a, a silver lining, a blessing in disguise. Mm. But they're both guilty as far as I'm concerned. What do you think, Judge Stewart? Oh, absolutely. And the, the thing I will just say quickly on what you've just mentioned is you always hear people say that the more you idiot-proof something, the better idiot they'll create. <laughs> And you kind of draw a tease. Well, yeah, but it's you kind of almost feel like with this, it's like the AI will probably only continue to get better. True. 
And so it'll be harder to see. It will be harder yeah, and harder. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel for the next generation in terms of what they're going to have to sort of go through and experience. And, you know, hopefully there's a way that they can eradicate it. But I will give a tip. If you are going to use fake writers to write stories, maybe their biography should be a bit sports related other than just going camping outdoors. Like mm. maybe that's a, a good indicator that say, they're a sports journalist. Drew Ortiz likes long walks on the beach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Drew Ortiz once began sewing in the... <laughs> sewing. Anyway, all right. Case closed. We'll see you tomorrow for whatever the fuck it is. What is it? What do we got here? Day eight. New Year's.